Welcome to Heart Wars Radio with your host, Miss Yona Brindis, Mr. Jeff Casper, and me, Triple Chin, Ryan McCormick. Learn more about Mr. Jeff Casper and Ms. Yona Brindis by going to their website at transcodes.com. Learn more about us by going to outerlimitsradio.com and going to Heart Wars Radio. All right, Ms. Yona Brindis, Mr. Jeff Casper, welcome to the program. My understanding is that you guys have a big upcoming seminar. Can you please tell us a little bit about that? That's right. Once a year, we do a workshop in person. So we do workshops like mm-hmm. all year round. I mean, almost like every week, every other week um, online, you know, with webinar software and uh, all kinds of technology. We do live YouTubes every week and so forth. But this is the only time of year where people can actually work with us in person. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a very interesting one, uh, something um, very unexpected for people, I guess, because uh, it's an abundance workshop. So we talk about abundance uh, and learn how to tune our energy into that. So, of course, you know, we're energy workers, we're energy healers. Mm-hmm. So we're sharing um, our experience and our wisdom here with all the participants. But um, uh, we, we're going to step further here and really go into why it is so difficult for people to have, you know, or feel abundance in their lives, whether it's, you know, purpose and meaning in life or whether it's money or uh, love or, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, feeling that, uh, you, that there's not lack, you know, why this is so difficult. And um, what we're going to be introducing to people is integrity testing. And that is uh, the reason for us not to, uh, be able to really tune into abundance and these higher vibratory states that we all are craving for so badly is because we, we honestly don't know if we're there or not. Mm-hmm. We cannot differentiate. We cannot discern truth. We don't know where our energy is. And so this, this three-day workshop will be all about, you know, us showing people not only how to increase their vibratory rate, through energy work techniques, but also how to hold it and how to specifically tune into this through testing off their own energy levels. So uh, what uh, our concern is here um, is self-healing. You know this, one, and most of the listeners know this. Everything that we teach is based on self-healing, meaning that the person has his own, his or her own internalized experience, first-hand experience, and that they can apply these things on their own. And so uh, we're very excited about this. We've never shared this before in in person, you mm-hmm. know, and actually tested this with people. So it would be really, really cool. Plus, um, it's going to be uh, mostly sitting around a pool, you know, and <laughs> enjoying the the hot and uh, subtropical weather of uh, Florida. Florida. Yeah. So uh, we're looking forward to that part as well. <laughs> Too bad you can't come. <laughs> well, you know, that is the weekend where yeah. I'm going to be stripping and uh, causing a lot of people to go blind. <laughs> I fortunately... <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be converting a lot of people to go to the other team after that. They'll have a very good idea of what is true and what is not. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm the only person I know who goes to the pool and they're like, please, sir, please, please put your shirt back on, please, please, please. You're ruining it for the kids. But I, 
Yeah, it looks great. It looks great. So for all of you people out there that are on a path that can be saved, that are actually on the path of heaven, highly recommend this. And it's going to lead us into our topic of discussion today, which is your fantastic new article, Out Vibrating and Holding Our Energy Against the Planetary and Collective Influences. All right, so I guess a lot of questions over here. First off is, most of the time, I guess, talking about the darkness, the light, maybe confined to our Earth. And we think about, okay, well, the darkness is maybe the collective humanity, but are we being influenced by the gravitational poles of other planets? I mean, I love watching space documentaries, and I find that all these different planets have influence over each other, even if they're millions, if not billions of miles away. Right. So how are we most influenced by a collective human shadow, humanity, what's going on there? Or are we more influenced by interplanetary systems? And how do we hold our own against all these forces that are out there? We'll start with you, Ms. Brindis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if we were astrologers, we'd say, of course, you know. Um, if we were um, physicists, we'd say, of course. <laughs> and since we're energy workers, we're saying, of course. <laughs> but all from a different perspective. So in this particular article, I'm actually talking about the uh, scientific, the, the physical uh, aspects, the electromagnetic and quantum mechanic aspects of planetary influences. So this is a question that we get quite frequently here. How do things such as human resonances or, um, you know, the, the planetary vibratory rate, how does that affect us as humans? And as energy workers, we've known this for a long time, you know. I mean, I do... Uh, weekly energy updates reflecting on collective energies for years now so there is something beyond you know like just sort of how mythology or uh, even astrology contextualizes it you know that has a, an effect on us just like weather does okay but there's also um, what we can observe sort of an overall evolutionary development here meaning that there is some um, you know something that you and I and, and everybody listening to this program has already realized, and that is that there's something like an awakening process going on mm -hmm. in the collective. And the question is, of course, this is mostly a question that comes from the ego, though, but it, the question is, what causes what here? You know, is it the planet, you know, vibrating in a faster rate for whatever reason, you know, sun rays or, you know, whatever, you know, we, we understand that makes us, you know, want to vibrate in a higher vibratory rate, or is it us doing it to the planet? So um, the answer uh, is, is practically impossible to give because we don't really have the ability, you know, to step out of our system and answer this for sure. Because uh, if you look at the, the overall, the, the wholeness of the system, then you can say, yes, there is a there are dynamics, okay, that uh, interact with another, and it may be true, it isn't really important though what causes what. What we know, and this is what can be observed here, um, I was citing an article that was um, uh, uh, investigating, a study that was investigating the um, effect of planetary resonances, as, uh, specifically low magnetic um, uh, electromagnetic uh, frequencies on the human psyche and science is relatively clear about that so whenever there is like increased solar activity um, or decreased solar activity 
um, it produces energetic conditions for us that have an effect on our psyche, on our sentiments, on our emotions, on our thinking, on our signal processing. And, uh, you know, since we're energy workers, we're taking this, of course, a step further and we're saying, okay, now what is, um, you know, we don't know what causes it in reality, um, but what is it that, you know, makes us here, you know, as humans sort of be, being exposed to that? And there is um, something that uh, I uh, see this very clearly, this connection, uh, that has to do with the brain frequencies that we have. So there's a different kind of frequency now where our brain, when it goes into slower state, um, processes information differently. So uh, meditators know this. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have different brain states. We have the normal. I love that you pointed that out, too. It's really great. Again, again, transcodes.com, the first thing you talk about, beta, alpha, theta, delta, which we talk mm-hmm. quite a bit on the show. Of all those different frequencies that you mentioned, what frequency are you most likely to be vulnerable from energetic attacks? Probably in the beta state, that is the most the, the mental state that we have, the intellectual state. Right, but there's also there's a, there's some interesting things out there. When you start to go into meditation, you get into some of the theta wave. You'll also feel like you're being attacked, but that's because your stuff's coming up. So theta wave is a bit of a trick there. It's the the challenge with theta and even sometimes delta if you go really low is you're actually going into the things in the way. So, so it, it feels like attacks, but really it's your own stuff coming up. Yeah, well, yeah. you're beginning to see more. Right. And so the reason why I think, you know, beta is clearly the most vulnerable state is because you see less. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're completely you're unaware of it. You're busy. Yeah. yeah, you're like a sitting duck. You have no clue what's going on because you're so obsessed with your own thinkingness that you are not able to really tune into what is going on um, energetically around you and within you. So the, 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 the slower, the more we slow down mm-hmm. and the more we train to slow down, the more operable we become, the, the more functional we become. And in the beginning, yes, this transcendental journey it can be very challenging mm-hmm. and we can encounter things that are very frightening, and you know, and, yeah. and where we're like, oh, my God, you know, it, it's kind of like how people felt when when uh, they proved that, that there was germs all around us, <laughs> but you can't see them, right? And, and as soon as the microscope was uh, invented that was... Uh, uh, had had a good enough resolution to show that it's there. It was scary, you know, to to understand that there's like like deadly germs all around you all day long, you know. But that doesn't mean that you get sick all the time. It just mm-hmm. means that your system is exposed. And so, you know, from our perspective as energy workers, um, we think one of the the smartest thing a person can do is to actually tune into that technology that they have themselves, namely their energetic sensitivity. Train that, face some of that, mm-hmm. you know. So t- take it out of the unknown into the known, you know. Know what you're dealing with, so that you know how to increase your your energy's immune system, so that you know how to deal with it, so that you know how to function in these lower uh, magnetic um, electromagnetic fields. And this, sorry, no, sorry good. I'm getting very excited about this go, subject. Yeah, go, ahead, yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> when I talk to uh, Nancy, Nancy, Nancy Dennison, good friend of a, the show, she's reading one of her, uh, getting an idea for one of her upcoming books, and according to her, 
me, I'm probably going to be a little incorrect about this, just so I mean, I have to ask about first hand. But apparently, if your body and your mind are kind of going on automatic pilot and they're very distracted, you actually apparently have a way of getting more spiritual, like you know, allowing more more of your true self to come through. Because apparently, your body is like a machine; it can be going, it can be automated. Same way we drive a car; you don't even, you know, you don't remember all the roads you're on; you just automatically do it. So. Do you think that in some way, shape, or form, that being distracted by having your, you know, brain, body to do mindless activities to keep themselves occupied will allow you to kind of pull away from the body and open yourself up to more different energies? Uh, it depends on the on the person and what they're doing. Because, you know, a lot of times what you're talking about there, and we've all done this, we've driven a car for a very long time, we don't remember the last hundred miles, that's when you're dipping into a little bit of theta. And that allows you to have that relaxation and all that. But it doesn't really open you up. Um, you know, it kind of actually, it, it will bring in what you're aligned to, whatever that may be. So that's what happens. So the alignment process that we haven't really talked about yet, which is your resonance, what you resonate at. So a person who is in fear a lot and they all of a sudden go into that state, all of a sudden they might have start to have fear thoughts come up or if they're going into a deep meditative state, fear visions and all that kind of things or fear feelings. And opposed to a person who's like, let's say, more of an acceptance part or neutrality, they're going to have a lot of different stuff come in. So, yes, to a degree, what happens is a person begins to more, go more and more into these higher consciousness states um, where they resonate at a faster energy. They'll notice that their body, especially their mind, will do things without them even doing anything. So with their emotions, because they go on no matter what we do. So there is that to a point, but... To train that without the understanding might open you up to some interesting experiences. I think what Nancy is referring to is uh, repetitive um, motions such as, you know, things that you do, like, say, hiking or, um, you know, knitting or something like that, where the body goes into a place where you just uh, don't really have to consciously, you know, work with it. And, uh, you know, that are more uh, common for us, you know, like even watching TV. Uh, to a degree, you know, and those states, the brain goes into alpha, into this like uh, sort of more relaxed state uh, as compared to beta, is a stronger link to the physical. So that's not like, like yet, uh, you know, where you voluntarily go into this deeper state. Because people who go into theta, if they don't train this, they usually fall asleep. So to be to to operate in uh, in that sort of uh, robotic. Like, you know, like hiking for me, for instance, is a very good example for this robotic mode where you just sort of do something. You don't even realize that you're doing it. You know, you just walk and walk and walk and there's a rhythm to it, you know, that allows you to go, you know, into a, a more open and relaxed state. Someone who trains that, like Jeff just said, can go into theta uh, in in um, normal activities for as long as, you know, like say, uh, we, we always uh, warn people to, op you know, to not operate heavy machinery uh, or, you know, drive a car when uh, listening to our meditations because all our meditations and self-healing um, music um, has a subliminal theta metronome in there. Um, but we do recommend people, you know, to do walking meditations, for instance, because um, it allows uh, you know us to integrate this into our life more. So, as a, as an in between state, you know, to this like deeper transcendental state, um, without having read, uh, you know, the book, 
uh, that's definitely there's definitely evidence there for that. I just find it really fascinating. And then you also go into a section about transcending karma. I want to go into a little bit more, just because you know, we focus a lot about human karma, actions, reactions, dealing with the consequences of certain actions. Is there any possibility of being able to bypass the consequences of one's actions if you allow yourself to be more open to all different possibilities, to have a greater, be attuned to a greater wisdom, to actually outgrow the consequences of, of, a, of an action? Or do you have to experience the consequences of an action no matter what level of growth that you're on in some capacity? Well, yeah, depending. That's a huge topic. I mean, that's, that's like volumes of books you could write because depending upon what a person has going on in their mind and what beliefs they're holding on to as well as, well as where they're at on the spiritual path, if at all, consequences is a big different story. I mean, you know, if, if again, if I'm at a state where I'm completely externalized and everything outside of me is dangerous because I'm afraid, I have to feel those consequences because that's where I'm at. If I'm at a much higher vibratory rate, then I notice I'm at fear and I don't have to face it because I realize, okay, it's just fear. It's no big deal. So there are ways to deal with that. But typically, when it comes to karma, you have to feel it at some point. It's just how many times do you need to feel it? It's just not necessarily a consequence right. as, in, as in punishment or, or things like that. A consequence is a mutual thing. It is just something that occurs spontaneously. Mm -hmm. Um, depending on the consciousness level that you are. Right. So, you know, it, it, I think if you redefine the definition, if you redefine karma a bit, and don't just see karma as a, a sort of uh, judgment and, and uh, you know, like uh, consequence in that way, but more so as an evolutionary path, as, an, as a predisposed evolutionary path. For us, uh, karma really just... Um, uh, uh, programs itself into a person as a predisposition. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's a higher chance that this person will have to experience, like, say, trauma or abuse or you know addiction or um, also, uh, yeah. certain certain experiences. Okay, there's a predisposition there, but just like with our genetic predisposition, um, there's always a way to outvibrate this, and this is really what um, uh, this whole article was about. You know, like how can we out vibrate mm -hmm. these things? It doesn't mean to escape the consequences, no. yeah. um, but the consequences can be that we actually grow. <laughs> you know, so so strictly taken, uh, taken, we're not really escaping the consequences. Mm -hmm. On the contrary, we're embracing them, and we can even take it a step farther. And typically, the the, the understanding of it changes as well as you continue to grow. And that's what you begin to notice. You see the beauty of it. You see the purpose of going through these things. You see the lessons behind them. And that's where the growth can really take off. And then you also understand, too, that you always have to remember that we talk a lot about negative karma and karmic debt and all those things. But there's also good karma. Now, there's a reason why we all came here. To, be, to, to choose to incarnate as a human right. is impressive because you have a chance. There's a chance to go for hell or heaven, your choice. You know, I mean, that, that's that's very black and white. But, you know, this this field we, we live in, this 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 realm, you can experience it all. I mean, it's really cool. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing to remember that, that that positive karma is also there. Most people feel most fulfilled and, and happy 
when they actually fulfill their karmic task. So I, I like, to, I prefer to see it as a task rather than a consequence. You know, there are, there can be unresolved issues from, you know, past lives or incarnations in different dimensions um, that can play into, you know, our life as a, as a bit of a debt. And yet, though, upon a fulfill, fulfillment of this task, uh, there's not only a resolution of that debt, but also an evolution. And that is uh, kind of like uh, what what I'm pointing out here is that there is a collective karma, mm-hmm. all right? And this collective karma is, is pretty much what 90% of people experience, right? I mean, they're experiencing suffering, they're experiencing lack, they're experiencing um, uh, some kind of search, you know, for for um, uh, something that they feel they don't have, something external, something that they need to find through, you know, like getting it somehow, all right? And part of this uh, uh, awakening process is to realize that it's not really the case, that this is, uh, you know, kind of like in the Matrix movie, the red pilling, you know, as they now call this, you know, that is that the moment you actually... Um, open up your perception and you go into these deeper states with yourself and you embrace some of, um, you know, your your higher perceptive um, abilities, uh, then you begin to see a larger picture. And the larger picture then shows you also where the limitation of the collective is. And that then allows you... Well, what do you think the, collect- the, the collective is right now? I'm just curious. It's like, ah, oh, you know, the new age people. It's got to be something very wonderful. It's, it's a new age. It's a new, 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 new time. Everything's wonderful. Actually, it's actually still fairly... I mean, it's actually in, barely integrous overall. Great. on this threshold. But that's huge. You have to realize that didn't happen until about... 25, 30 years ago, according to most subjective studies. So we were out. integrous? We, we actually we had morals back then? Well, no, we have more now. Yeah. So really? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just what's happening, you're starting to see some of the stuff shake out. Like a lot of the programs like um, that that were in place due to pride, due to um, power, due to Special specialness, you name it, are starting to get tagged. And that's happening because the conscious level is high enough. It may cause some turmoil. Obviously, it's going to. It already is. But that has to happen. It's no different if you would compare the collective to a person who decided now to be in truth. They're going to have to deal with some crap. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have to deal with, oh, man, I've been lying all my life, or I've been doing this, or I can't do this anymore. If I really want to do this, this is where i got to go. And that up and down feeling that's happening right now, which is really intense for a lot of people, that's part of that. That's part of that energetic state. And as long as that stays there, it'll be that way for a while because it's knocking stuff loose. And this is the reason why we've uh, dedicated this, this one workshop a year that yeah. we do to um, uh, testing truths, to yeah. knowing, to identifying, you know, whether you are in truth or not. Because right. the collective is, uh, you know, slightly regressed in the last five years, okay, compared to like five years ago. But that's normal. But that that, that yeah. just creates a little more pressure, you right. know, to, to do the next uh, leap. But in the big picture, you know, where we as humans come from, you know, a place where everybody, you know, just kills each other over food or territory or whatever, um, we have evolved. And there is a a positive momentum there. Mm -hmm. It is just not clear that, uh, you know, uh, how fast we can actually move into 
um, full integrity and synergy with another if we as a species can make it until then <laughs> you know how fast that goes so this this whole um uh, pressure that is coming from people like like us you know who can see the larger picture and contextualize mm-hmm. it that way is that the more people the more individuals you know basically jump you know, get red pilled. <laughs> you know, like it's, a really ju- ju- it's, a, it's actually a word that they have now added to the wow. urban dictionary, a, a verb, <laughs> red pilling. Um, you know, the, yeah, red pilling somebody. Uh, you know, the more people can see that, you know, can see the matrix, the more people can out vibrate it. And so the conclusion well, here is, right. is that, uh, you know, with, with our individual personal growth uh, and uh, consciousness, it's not really an evolution of our conscious because our conscious is always there, but it's, we're, we're awakening to it, right? We are also contributing to the overall, uh, you know, uh, 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 higher vibration of the entire collective. So it's basically you have to walk through uh, what's that called, the valley of uh, something. You yeah, know, the shadow. Yeah, you kind of have to go through that a bit because to face truth requires you to 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 be willing to face your fears but mm-hmm. once you do you know it's kind of like the the in another article i called it uh the the hero's story you know the hero's journey you have to you know um, uh, conquer these perils these uh you know these tasks you know and and they make you doubt yourself and they make you doubt everything you know and they make you become afraid and, and until you've transcended them you know, uh, it will feel like the world is against you, the, the, the you know, the others, uh, you know, are against you. And then once you've uh, gone past that, you know, you actually um, uh, become the one that, that, that carries the torch, you know. So each and every one of us here on this personal journey is um, also contributing to the overall, you know, the whole, the collective evolving. So that's really important because we often feel so alone and uh, so, like, um, ousted, you know, um, by society. And yet uh, there's more people than we think they are. Uh, it's just that it hasn't really manifested as, uh, say, our new paradigm yet. So we're right on the cusp of that. What's going to we don't know what's going to push it over, but I love the idea of you know keeping your energy strong if everything around yep. you is is getting uh, a lot there and crazy. Is there anything? Let's say for example, you don't want to do any kind of meditation. Like I don't have time for meditation. I don't have time to, to do affirmations. Can you put some kind of oil? I would call this. A, you know, it's, I would describe what I'm asking for is instead of taking a shower, there's some people that want to put like you know car air freshener around themselves? Is there, what's the most basic type of protection you can have uh, to keep your energy strong? Aesthetics. Uh, beauty. Aesthetics. Beauty. Focus on beauty. Okay. Of all forms. Nature, music, art, you know, people who are happy, loving places, pets. I mean, anything that, that can enhance mm-hmm. the vibrational rate around you. So classical music, you know, peaceful music, lighting candles, um, you know, beautiful pieces of art. You know, Most everything. of the things we're actually uh, yeah. intuitively being drawn to, right. especially pets. Yeah. And um, I just uh, mentioned this on an energy report last week, how uh, particularly dogs have a, an extremely empowering effect on empaths. Mm-hmm. Because everything a dog needs, you know, is 
what's good for a dog is also good for us, <laughs> you know. And so taking care of somebody outside of us, because mm-hmm. sometimes we have issues with self-love and, and not being able to, like, giving it to ourselves. But in the process of giving it to our dog, you know, brushing it, making good food for it, yep. you know, taking it out for a walk, those are all things that uh, strengthen our uh, energetic immune system mm-hmm. and, um, you know, protect us as well. Not to mention the love and the wagging tail and, you know, the loyalty and all that. I'm so glad you mentioned dogs. Jeff, I was just telling you before we started that my wife and I, we go crazy with our dogs. And we actually pay to have them go to swim in someone else's pool. (laughs) Then they get organic treats. Like when we stop by the store, it's like, oh, my God, what are you going to find at the house? Yeah. Forget everything. Massages. We buy furniture based on what they like. They get anything they want. And I'll tell you, the people are like, well, why would you do it? Because they're providing so much love and joy. Yes. My dogs provide more love and joy than, like, any other people on the planet. Right. Nothing, that's why it's like I, I can't wait to have a world where we have mostly dogs and a handful of humans. <laughs> well, yeah, if you realize that the, the, the wagging tail of a dog is actually, is, is, is actually the same resonance as love. It is love. And the same thing with the purr of a cat. So there are certain things animals do that if we, like, you know, if, if a cat lays on you and purrs, it will connect you with your heart. If a dog comes over and you play with him or her, you know, with a, with a ball, you are connecting with your heart. It is a it is an opportunity to experience love or even unconditional love because they don't care. You've been gone for 10 minutes or two, two years. They're like, oh, my God, you're back. This is awesome. You know, they have that excitement. And that is a beautiful resonance. So it's about surrounding yourself with things like that, surrounding yourself with books and things and even movies that are positive, that are uplifting, that are loving. Those are all things that will enhance your vibrational rate without even doing one iota of meditation. Are there any colors that, ha- that carry a certain vibrational rate that will keep you more protected if you should you wear certain colors? Um, no, that is something. You know, there's experts, there's color therapists yeah. out there uh, that um, – you know, we'll we'll educate people on that. Um, you know, because uh, it's it, depending on the vibratory rate that we are in at a certain time, there is a certain color. I mean, it's kind of like what you know, colors are nothing but different frequencies of the light, right? And when something um, uh, appears in one color, you know, then um, you know it's just it's just another way of showing a, a, a vibrancy rate. So. Sometimes you need different colors in order to feel whole again. So that can fluctuate throughout the day. Um, there are some colors, you know, that have, uh, you know, even intuitively or psychologically, we can we, we all know this, you know, like red, for instance, you know, can make us aggressive. Yeah, something black. Um, uh, orange can make us uh, very emotional, mm-hmm. you know. So there are some things that work on our psyche, but from an energetic point of view, um, all colors have a certain resonance, just like how we do energy code work. We uh, we work with different um, uh, frequencies, you know, that we help people to train that. And by the way, we use Theta for that because that exact training is what makes people become more functional when we have these outer planetary um, influences. But in terms of colors, uh, it, uh, uh, people will often find um, in their preferences, they'll often find certain things that they need to work on. You know, like if I like, you know, a lot of red, it usually shows me that there's a part of me, uh, you know, that uh, is uh, perhaps maybe aligned to to fight a little too much. 
you know, so um, I need to tone this down a bit and maybe add a little more, make it more like a maroon or magenta color, you know, uh, to soften this up again. So it, there, there's a whole science behind colors. And um, uh, one of our um, uh, practitioners that works with us here um, is an expert. We maybe we should interview her uh, and, and listen to what she has to say about um, which color is best for which type of person. Okay, and that concludes today's Heart Warriors Radio. I want to thank you, Yona. I want to thank you, Jeff. Fantastic. To learn more about Heart Warriors Radio, please go to outerlimitsradio.com, go under Heart Warriors Radio, and also go to transcodes.com. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, so thank you everybody, for listening. 